Before we start, here are some spoiler warnings. We will talk about the movie and its plot openly, so if you are sensitive about these kind of things, you probably want to check out the movie first if you haven't already. That being said, enjoy. to like mother like son like movies uh, i'm aaron and i'm here with my mother lisa hello and um, today we are going to talk about the uh, kind of 2016 dark fantasy drama film by j.a bayona bayona i hope i pronounced it correct it's a spanish name um called the monster yeah it's a spanish guy is it a Spanish film? It was it, like it's it, well, like you you can clearly see it's a British film, but it was it was made by a Spanish crew. Ah. When you see like behind the scenes stuff, it's funny because Bayona is is actually talking Spanish most of the time because he's talking with his crew and stuff. But then he speaks English to the to the ah, actors and stuff like this. Okay. But it's like yeah, and and he made like Spanish films. Like I seen one of his films before. I seen. Uh, called uh, it's, it, uh, The Orphanage, which is a horror film, a Spanish horror oh, film. I remember, but I didn't want to see it. It's really bad. I, I really dislike that movie. So I didn't really have a lot of hope like that he would make another good movie because that was so boring and cliche and like, yes, it's a stupid horror film. Like, I, I don't like this kind of... So is like, he like this Guillermo del Toro? Well, it's... He's Spanish uh, too. Huh? Yeah, there's a lot of Spanish directors. Who make and stuff. these strange puns, labyrinths, and things. <laughs> yeah, like so. Uh, here it kind of becomes similar. So indeed, mm-hmm. we are talking about a monster cause because I didn't get to say the name. Because you. Ah, you didn't we, say yeah, the we, name. we went too fast. <laughs> I didn't even say the name. So a monster cause, indeed. And it, it, it kill, kill, kill. Guillermo del Toro, he made the band's library, which is also a dark fantasy drama. He, and, and recently he made Shape of Water, which is also like he makes a lot of dark fantasy stuff. He likes that kind of things. So it's like very similar. But the thing is that with Del Toro, he has kind of a more uh, uh, confident reputation of being like, okay, his own, like very, you know, solid movies. Like he, he made really good movies. In the past, I don't like Pan Labyrinth, but he made uh, Hellboy, which were which were really nice. I, they are they're uh-huh. quite nice movies, and uh-huh. like they, everybody now likes the Shape of Water and stuff. I haven't seen it yet, uh, but and, and I, he made the ah, what was its name? I don't now. I don't remember. But he 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 knows how to use the fantasy stuff and everything. And Bayona, it's like this is the first this type of film that he made so I don't really know but it's an interesting question like what, what is it about the Spanish directors that they like to use yeah that was the interesting and, question and fairy it, tales with, with real drama a, and... 
is it the Spanish type of uh, imagination and things yeah. like we have talked before about French type of imagination with fifth element and all this Valerian and Lorraine. Yeah, and what and, yeah. and, and what is the, the Spanish movie the, with the bees and the children? Oh, yeah, that's I wanted to talk in in this connection. Of ah, the yeah. <laughs> you want to... yeah, that's the film I want to talk about, because I think that is one of the best films in the world and definitely the best film in Spain. Ah. And, and I love Almodovar, no, by the way, I just love him. Pedro, but it's, but it's Pedro Almodovar. Almodovar is a Spanish filmmaker who makes marvelous films, so shouldn't he be the best? Ah, ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but but this uh, Eric Victor Eric is the director who made this um, Beehive. It's called um, it's called the Spirit of the, of a Beehive. El, el Espíritu de la Colmena. I, I haven't seen it yet. I, I always wanted to see it on my list. Uh, you always talked about it a lot. And yes. So in 1973, it's done already. So it's it is maybe the best film ever. <laughs> okay. And I want to talk about it in this connection because it has a child character as a main main character is a child. And it's so, like kind of partly reality, partly fantasy, kind of or fairy tale. Or, no, it's all reality, I think. But it's so we can how, talk how about. So how does it connect? Now. How what what is the? Because okay, the monster call the to to say Charlie what monster call is about this. So so mm. so the the main plot is that um, and and I, we just maybe we will just spoil it. Because I, I yeah, in order for to. me to talk about this movie, I have to talk about the ending also. Oh yeah, yeah. And stuff. Oh. So, so the so the plot very very briefly is a boy a boy's mother is dying. The mm. boy is struggling to to cope with this. Yeah. He then he call then he calls a monster, or so the monster claims that the boy yeah. has called him. Yeah. And the monster says that he is going to tell three tales. Three stories, and they, all of these three stories are uh, situational fairy tales that are connected mm-hmm. to that specific emotional struggle that the boy is having at that moment when he, the monster is telling the story, uh, yeah. and uh, and it's clearly like it, the boy's own psychological way of coping with the with the with the struggle about his mother. And about what is happening with him, and that and the monster says that the the fourth story has to be told by the boy, and it will have to be the truth, and he will, and the boy has to explain his nightmare, and then by the end, uh, by just just be, there's not there's no real reason when the stories happen or when the fourth story happens, but except the fact that when the mother is dying, then the fourth story will be told because then the boy has to face. The struggle that his mother is going to die, and then the monster uh, makes him tell the truth, which is that the boy, had, the boy, the truth is that the boy wants his mother to die. He he wants it to be over, and yeah. he felt guilty about this, so he didn't. He couldn't be honest to himself, and he 
now now he revealed it so now he can live he can be free of, of it you know he can he can he can cope with the pain and suffering over the loss of his mother because he can be honest to himself guilt yeah. free from guilt and that's the whole point of the movie so it, it, it's very very good uh, story it's very uh, human and uh, touching and sad story it's in fact it's good good thing yeah it's a, a, it's a good a movie but yeah it, it's a it's it's very similar to like movies like where the wild things are and never ending story and this yeah. kind of fairy tale-ish mm. fantasy Uh, stories where you literally like you you make it as a psychological allegory or sub- yeah. metaphor you know that yeah it's one of the basics of all stories like there are a few basics of yeah and, and this yeah and, and the whole reason why we we started to talk about this movie is because i went to see it with metal uh when it came out in belgium and uh i saw it and i wanted to and then i I saw it and I uh, I mentioned it to you hmm. because it um, because it used that fairy tale aspect. Yeah. So I mentioned it to you that oh maybe you would like to see it because you like uh, fairy tales. Yeah. And stuff and 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 it's a very interesting when a story combines real drama and fairy tale psychologically you know like how how we how we use fairy tales as a way of dealing with emotions and stuff like this what mm. the fairy tales can tell of us and stuff like this like we we have been uh talking about this with where the wild things are and a little bit with lord of the rings how mm. fantasy uses fairy tale elements and stuff like this and so. we already started it with uh, don quixote reading the book together when you were a child yeah yeah we mentioned it in a lot of yeah. rings uh so spanish. so that yeah that's also spanish <laughs> indeed so they have a history of this fairy tale uh using so that's why i wanted to 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 just kind of give a hint that okay there is this movie so maybe you you want to check it out but then you said that you want to have a talk about it on podcast yeah so what was the reason why what why did you really like oh the reason was because you went to purposely to see it and you were very much uh, into it like talking about it how fascinating the subject and then i saw it And uh, it was a complete disappointment. <laughs> so I wanted to discuss with you that and hear from you and what, why you didn't dismiss it immediately. Um, so I think it was like a misunderstanding that I I didn't really thought that it was that great either. I just kind of wanted to actually just hear what you thought, or maybe you find something interesting in it. I. I, I wasn't. I didn't give it as a recommendation that oh, that's a great film. I just uh-huh, gave yeah, it as yeah. a hint, like maybe you find it interesting in your own way, you know. But I, when when I saw it the first time, I was also kind of disappointed, or let's say I'm not disappointed, but very dissatisfied. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is kind of mediocre, average. I didn't see what's so great or interesting about it, but I thought it was interesting in the way that. Uh, because I, you, you see the film the first time, 
and then you are you don't really know where it's going because I didn't know anything about it. And and it's a kids film, it's a coming of age film, it's a fantasy film. So you have all these tropes, you know, these cliches yeah. of how, what you have to have it like. I, you know, I grew up with the Disney. 80s and 90s kids films you know we all know how where these movies have to go so i was kind of interested in where this movie will take you you know will it do something different will it go with the same basic structure of of a kids film and i was kind of the only thing that i was kind of surprised you know kind of shocked where the movie went was the ending where he where the where the whole reveal is that a kid says, I, I, I want my mother to die. Yeah. It would never happen in a Disney movie. You know, a kid yeah. will never say in a Disney movie that they, they want their mother to die, you know. So I was kind of, wow, okay, well, points for that, you know, like, that's yeah. brave. That's at It least. has many surprising points in that, in that story, in all the stories which the monster tells, and also about how well it was done, this uh, tree and the animation. Yeah. But were very good quality, wonderful. And all the drawings, you remember the drawings? Yeah, yeah, it's, it, those are nice That's part nice. That where we see the kid drawing. I kind of, it, it's very nice to see this kid being creative and, and stuff like that. It's very charming and stuff, but... Yeah, and, the fairy tales were drawn, or you remember they were drawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were very nice, like this uh, 3D combining watercolor. And I saw a little mm. bit of the behind the scenes, like how they did the, the fairy tale segment. And it's a lot of wonderful creative editing yeah. and process and layering of different techniques. And like it was a lot of hand drawing also on top of the 3D. And it was very really nice. professional. Yeah, really nice. And um, and if we go like, if, if I may say a little bit, uh, more on this subject that I saw it now like the second time to prepare mm. for this podcast and I kind of I was more satisfied than the first time even though I have a lot of negative critics about the film but I was it's kind of weird why I was satisfied is because I, when I started to see the film I suddenly realized that that this film works much better if I change my attitude that this is instead of a postmodern uh, fairy tale, you know, concept and a, and a story or something like a modern uh, adaptation of this kind of a story. I will see it, it. It works better if I see it as an 80s dark fantasy movie. From the 80s. 80s. Yeah, like like in the same <laughs> time when they made, made Neverending Story, Labyrinth, Dark Crystal, yeah. like every Jim, Jim Henson stuff, if you if you see it that way, it works much better. Oh, you know what? what? Exactly that's what happened to me, that I watched it and I didn't uh, even look what year it was made. And I watched <laughs> it and I thought that it's from that time. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. 
I didn't know that it's because I just saw it on DVD. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't see it in the theater. I didn't realize it's done in 2016. <laughs> okay, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, that's it's a really uh, kind of an older style of like, Isn't but it? but especially that 80s because 80s is full of this. It was an era where uh, there was it the, the movies and stories for kids. There was a lot more darker themes. You know, there were yeah. like like even Disney animation. They made the 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 dark the black cultural uh, movie what was it dark cultural black cultural which was like a really kind of a horror fantasy almost you know like it was oh. really scary for kids and it's considered like the worst Disney animation ever I like <laughs> it in, in a way it's very charming and mm. and a lot of the eighties like like Labyrinth and Dark Crystal mm. they. Yeah. And even never-ending story, they have a very twisted. It's not this conventional, char- like light-hearted. Yeah. Everything is wonderful, you know, like Mio mm. in Mio. You know, like this. Uh, this they are very dark and and, and stuff mm. like this. And maybe it's something scary. like Tim Burton. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark. Exactly, like Tim Burton kind of also inspired it himself from this kind of dark fantasy. A style and 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 uh, it it feels like like because it works in this dark theme of it's very depressive movie the the monster calls it's not a fun movie it's very mm-hmm. dramatic a lot of everybody's sad mm-hmm. it's just a sad 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 it's a very movie. good very good film in a way of the story it's it's really yeah. wonderful but. It's completely messed up because of the bad acting and the screenplay. And the screenplay is done by the writer of the book. There's a book behind it. No, no, no. There was the, yes. the writer of the book was another person. And then the sc- you, no. This, no, I, yesterday I watched it. Or what was it? When was oh, it? really? Patrick Ness has made the book. And I was all this film. I was thinking that oh, it must be a good book. Ah, yeah, oh, it's a, yeah. <laughs> but see, there's levels. There's levels because Patrick Ness made the book from an idea by Sio Pan Doubt. Ah, yes. So yes. see, there's like levels, and so yeah. so there's a lot of levels of filtering the concept, you know, yeah, like yeah, and, yeah. and even the film made different, you know, they yeah. kind of added more, you know, like. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know what to, how, yeah, how to think about it in a way. I, but I never... it's a complete wrong people, people acting because they don't know how to act. <laughs> no, there's Liam Neeson here, who is, a, you remember, wasn't he in silence, this priest? Yeah. Yeah, and I, he was okay there. He yeah, was, yeah, he's a good actor. He was in theater. But his voice, can you imagine a tree comes into your window and talks as Liam Neeson? No. <laughs> he has a deep voice. I think that's what the all main thing. Uh, yeah, he has a voice, deep, but Deep, epic voice. Oh, I'm a monster. I'm like Yeah, monster. but it would have maybe been somebody who is not known to the world it would be easier to understand maybe yeah it would have been maybe better because you don't think about it as lion beast and in the tree you yeah, know like you just think about it as a tree it's like put put by purpose 
something. It all this film, the problem in this film is that they press you exactly to your nose, in front of your nose. Do you see? Do you see? Yeah. See? Yeah. yeah they that, don't let yeah. you any relax. Yeah, yeah. Tigani Viva is a good actor. Yeah. You remember her in Alien? Wonderful. Yeah, he's a really good actress. Really yeah. good. So the, here she is a normal grandmother whom just can't stand. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, but yeah. the worst of all was this Felicity Jones. Who, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the boy. Yeah. And I can't understand this that the, the, they take this boy actor there, this uh, Louis. MacDougall, I think his name is this Conor O'Malley. Conor O'Malley. So, <laughs> so they take a boy who looks good. He looks really good for the part, but that's it. Nothing else is okay. Yeah, I feel like there there wasn't like like in a way like uh, uh, kind of I I felt like lack of investments from the character. Like the boy is kind of just pretty on camera like you say he looks right but then they're acting the way he feels in the world he he feels like being directed yeah you know he just feels like okay now now uh, draw a picture and he's like Mm -hmm. oh now i'm like drawing and stuff but it doesn't and then he's acting the worst is when he's acting anger or sorrow or or distress his his forehead goes into these lines (laughs) and then he's he's acting acting. (laughs) and his real voice you know when he's supposed to shout he's a lot of shouting there he can't shout because he's a boy who has a shrill voice. It it has nothing behind it. And the mother is not... Second, I believe, she's dying. Yeah. The way she's... Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and with Felicity Jones, it was also... Problem. The same investment was kind of lacking that I, I, I listened to an interview of her talking about this film and he did like about like three movies in the same time, like she was in the... Star Wars movie, Rogue One, she was like the main actress and she was in this really? one. And then there was uh, the theory of everything was a little bit before. Oh. And I don't know. And, and, it, and it felt like she was like full of this new status as an actress because she was in the Star Wars franchise, you know. Like, oh, so and, then, and, then it, and then whenever it was trying to talk about this monster call, see, there was like no real interest like see, yeah, yeah. see, see there, was, there was no no real involvement like how what the story is about and how she what the, mm-hmm. like it was just an act, acting role whatever you know and it's, maybe it is the director who is uh, not so well here because the way if he lets them be like that 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 you have to Press the feeling out of them, and it's yeah. It yeah. No, can you compare? You know that there's a there's a scene there where the boy is bullied at school. It's not logical at all. The whole thing, you know. It's when you think about it. it yeah, it's a it's a cinema reality. You know, it's like this. This happens in movies. The kid is being bullied and he's being bullied this way and it's very cinematic way of bullying, you know, it's not real bullying. 
Yeah. So the boy is much bigger than this small one. This Conor O'Malley is a a, a, a small boy, thin, with no strength, and the bigger bully is big. So then when when Conor O'Malley gets the instructions from the tree, this lime nation, and look, you have to attack him, show him what you are. Now you tell the story. And then he storms on this big bully boy who could just push out his hand, in fact, and on on this (laughs) Conor O'Malley's chest, and don't let him come on him because he's much stronger. So, So the... Instead, this little boy goes and plummet, plummeting his little hands. To the hospital. To the hospital. Yeah, he sent him to the hospital. So, you know, on that moment, I remembered this moonlight. Yeah. The film, film which last year won Oscar. Yeah. This moonlight. So there's exactly the same scene in that movie where where this boy, this... Teenage boy gets enough and storms into the school uh, eating place, this restaurant, and and plummets the boy in this bully into hospital. Mm-hmm. And that's really real. It looks real and it looks good. Mm-hmm. Not this this scene. So you compare these two, and then afterwards, you know, I get in. You don't believe it, but I got this uh, idea there. And then afterwards, I went into internet to find some information and I found these critics where this critic in America point the same thing out. Are really? This Bradshaw or somebody, what's his name? Wow. Yeah. He pointed the same thing out and I of course when you look at the films you see if you have seen enough films you see. So yeah, yeah. also and he was of the same mind that this is that's what happens to this film. It's not true. It's not. It's not logic. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's like cinematic way of presenting reality and yeah. stuff. Like, and the whole film from the beginning to end, which kind of is the why, why, why it's so kind of distracting, is that it's so staged. You know, everything is so is kind staged. of uh, precisely cinematic. Mm-hmm. You know, every emotional sort of stuff, and I like the ending is the worst where. Uh, we we have to look at this like the boy has to come to his mother and there has to be this emotional moment and and the boy hugs her and then we see this this that the mother is looking at the monster and the monster is looking at the mother and yeah, it's, it's good for somebody who is very young and who has the same problems yeah so maybe, yeah you could argue that okay well moonlight is not for children you know it's it's for it's a mature adult film so monster call is for children so how can you you cannot show a whole horrible violence beating you know you have to in a way you know like with these kind of kids movies they they make them more structured and more yeah. cinematic mm-hmm. so it's and just the way they did it in the eighties, like never-ending story. They are not, not none of them are real. You know, it's all yeah. totally absurd, twisted this, fantasy. This uh, the director, this uh, Bayona, what his name was? Yeah, Bayona. So, yeah, so he understood wrong this idea. I think that that when you have this animation there, the tree is animated, and a lot of the film is animated. Mm-hmm. So. 
he thinks that that is the, uh, that's why it shouldn't be real. Of course, it should be real. <laughs> the truth has to be believable and believable, wonderful. But it's yeah. not believable. You remember in the beginning when the tree first comes into the window of this boy, and so that has to be a believable. I mean, this director should have understood it that if this if the tree comes into your window. And comes you, you are afraid. Of course, you are afraid. Mm. We can imagine. So, mm. so this boy is only acting like oh, who, and not at all. It goes by like that. It's yeah. unbelievable thing when the tree comes into talking into your window. Mm. So yeah, in fact, he, he should have made it believable. And for, for starting from that, the whole film should have been like that. So then it would have been great. Yeah, but nothing believable there. Maybe the like I kind of play you devil's advocate in a way, like kind of because I kind of agree <laughs> with you, but but then again, like I can kind of think about arguments that, like for example, that it's everything that is have to do with the tree goes exactly the way it it is it it should go in the movie because it's psychological. It's it's in in, in the kid's mind, so the kid can act any way. And react any way he wants because it's all in his head, own head. So it, it's it's logical that the kid is not afraid because it's not the point of him being afraid. Even the tree when he comes through the through the wall, the tree says, oh, "Why aren't you afraid, kid? I'm like decent, you know." And the kid is it's like, like make believe. It's make believe. Yeah, but it's a fantasy. It's it is supposed to be make believe. That's not interesting because when I I do I read fairy tales. Yeah, I believe in them. You know, I of course. It's not that okay. Here I'm talking, reading about fairies, and this here I'm reading about giants. Like so, like uh, as if like like let's say like. Uh, you compare, like, let's say, like a stupid boarding uh, cartoon where there's just stuff happening without any, yeah. like, teletopies. Yeah, yeah. You know, That's like, what, yeah, what yeah. the hell is this, you know? like Exactly. But yeah. the fairy tale, there is, like, real weight. Yeah. And there is, like... So, so really even when, when you read, like, let's say, uh, Hans Andersen's, Christian yeah. Hans Andersen's, the, what is the story with the golden wing... Or not, not with the brothers who have, who turned into swans. Oh yeah. Uh, what was the what story? A story. It's called Villiotsenet. Uh, it's called the Wild Swans. Yeah, the Wild Swans, and it's a, it's a very long fairy tale, and it goes in there. It, it's absurd sometimes. By the because... way, I hope Bayona never gets <laughs> into this. Exactly. Wild <laughs> yeah, we have to protect the swans. So, <laughs> so even even that, you know, like you know that it's it's a fairy tale and it's kind of imaginative and it can be absurd. But still, you're when you start reading it, you you get really invested. Yeah, you know, you there is this weight, this in in in, yeah. it's in the in the in the story, and it's not uh, light-hearted. That's it's also very dark. Yeah, there is dark moments in that. Whoa, like 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 and like. Yeah. yeah, by the way, those things are really true because fairy tales are all things which matter to us. It's it's the deepest things that matter to us. And this wild swan is one of those. So 
so, 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 but, but, but you, you, you said earlier that you kind of like this overall story of Monster Calls. Like I, I kind of, of agree that the, yeah. the basics are nice. So you, your critique is that it's kind of poorly executed. It's like it's not yes. well told. Yeah. Uh, the, the cinematic adaptation of this kind of stories. Not it's so like well. squished. Uh, you take a pumpkin in your hand and squish it into out of, out of it all the juice, and it's not. You have to handle it with care. Like yeah, that. yeah, and 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 for me, like. Uh, I've kind of, uh, for me, like, like, kind of, in a way, I can explain, like, like what we already said, but it's like, also, there's like, there's like way too much kind of exposition over explaining what Always. everything is happening, yeah. like, especially yeah. the ending, like yeah. the second yeah. time I was watching, and now I'm kind of, I can kind of see where everything is going, so I'm kind of like. I'm not all the time surprised. Whoa, whoa, whoa! This now I'm kind of like, okay, okay. I can see kind of analyze the story more. And I, the the, the first time I was just kind of uh, so much surprised and kind of felt kind of shocked that we we hear a kid say that he wants his mother to die. So I was like, what, what? But now I was like watching the same scene and I and I realized that like the. the I was getting really bored because the the tree and the kids start just this endless talk about explaining everything about the film. <laughs> the, it's just it it gets really boring. Like oh okay yeah I, I okay I see I see and, and it's like feels like they have to explain it to the kids to the kid audience. Like okay now let's say what happened. Mm. Why why do you have to explain everything? Why cannot it be what it is? Like yeah, where the wild the things great. are, you know. Yeah, you know, you, exactly. when, when you read the book, the where the wild things are, you know the twelve-page book. There's not yeah. one extra page that explains everything. Yeah, you don't have to explain it. It mm. is what it is, and fairy yeah. tales don't explain themselves. Yeah. So now we come to this this thing that the, why there are those monsters in the world. In no, there are a lot of like. Uh, did they have this King Kong in that film? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, it was a stupid. They know, compare so. it, but King Kong is something basic in us, you know. And so, and Frankenstein, and uh, so, uh, and also the. I, it came to me that there is uh, in 1500, you know, in 60th century, there was this um, French. Uh, um, writer who wrote this Gargantuan and uh, and uh, Gargantuan and Pantacruel and I haven't read them because it's uh, too much for me but uh, but I know about them and it's about it's uh, he created and this is in 1500 it's it's basic for us that there's monsters they become giants it's a father and son who are giants and they do it's it's a very deep thing in fact no which we all need all um, this. what is this like i don't really understand it's it's a book yeah. a few books it's a series a serial of books uh, like you have okay i say it's gargantua and pantagruel is is 1532 this is the name yeah, it's Gargantua and Pantagruel. And it's Gargantua about uh, a son and a father, and they become giants. Yeah. They are. 
Chinese. Yeah, and they talk, they have a language there which they mix up into the people didn't first understand any of it in that time, and but it became famous, and later they start to to search it and research and make things and other. It's very famous, and so they invented, in fact, words and names. And what do we have? What do we have when we have this uh-huh. <laughs> these hobbits? And uh, what is the story of the hobbits? Um, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So there we have such, we have little creatures, hobbits, uh-huh. and then we have this wonderful clonk and all this, and there's words which are, and the names are invented. Mm-hmm. We do that, and then there's these galaxies and things. It's, so it no, was it, like the first fantasy novel, sort of. I don't know if it was the first, but it's one of the, uh-huh. no, the famous and best, and they... It doesn't go away like it stays. It's one of the classics. So what you're saying is that they invented names just like in the fantasy fantasy stories. Yeah, so he made kind of sequels out of it. And so, so you know what I remember then? It's uh, this Lent. Lent is... It's um, in the Easter time. In spring, there's Lent. And you once gave me a puzzle which describes this Bruegel painting over Lent. Uh. Remember, it's a big parcel I made, and it was... And it's a picture of Antwerpen. Uh Yeah, so they used to do in Europe in that time, or even now, we are celebrating it, so we need that. So we all come into a marketplace and maybe somebody else and be all together like that. Carnival. Yeah, yeah. What's it? <laughs> Carnival. <laughs> yeah. So in Rio they have kind of carnival. They have all of it. We need that yeah. when we become one big mm-hmm. thing. We have different names for. We are not having our own identity and own names or anything. We dress up, and in Venezia there's carnival. There's no. So we need that. So it's built in us, and this monster calls tries to reach to that some somehow, in but cannot. Mm. Not to to through pretending yeah. become purified, like <laughs> to handle things like mother's death or whatever. So that's how I see it. Yeah. You know, like I was, I was comparing, like you were talking about the reality and also the child acting quality and stuff, and and I was, I was, I was thinking in my head about the where where the wild things are, and I, and I was, uh, and there's so much contrast, like in, in the Spike Jones movie, there is so the the kid is so good acting, yeah, he's and so he's real. also thrill voice, yeah. but he's good. Yeah, and and then and then every action and everything situation that happens, it feels really real. Not mm. not totally cinematic, although just cinematic, of course. But. He has a good script, a good screenplay. Yeah, and then he's a really good director. He really understands yeah. the level of psychological weight that you have to put in, which mm. shows in the later movie Her. You know that he he can have this confidence of of to show the, the reality of of the emotion and stuff, and but especially he knew how to direct a child. Yeah, mm. you know when you see the behind the scenes of Spike Jones, like the children are running around, and and the, he he got because the kid is alone in the whole movie. He got he asked all the children of the other crew members to come in 
so they could all play together yeah. and have fun and to you know he created a really interesting atmosphere there and stuff and i all all i see in the bayona in the behind the scenes yeah. that it's just you know a strict filmmaking now you go here and you do this and, this, and there's like no weight to the reality of how how the kid actually yeah. the actor how the actor actually feels you know it's yeah. very hard to 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 get it from the screen in, in some ways and stuff and and this goes into this like I'm I'm going to say how this movie so would have fixed for me ah oh, okay you know because yeah because if if we go from the point of view that this is an 80s dark fantasy kids movie yeah you know those movies not were not good and especially the child actors were horrible like labyrinth Jennifer Connelly is like horrible to look at and never ending story the kid is horrible <laughs> you mean Pan's labyrinth no labyrinth labyrinth you, you remember I it you, I have saw you ever Pan's seen labyrinth. it, it no. labyrinth is uh, by the Jim Henson it was with puppets mm-hmm. and it was Jennifer Connelly very small like a little oh. child and David Bowie as the villain wizard oh. elf wizard elf king or something he was oh. called you know, who, who kidnaps the baby the sister of Jennifer Connelly and he has to go to this fantasy world where he has to go through a labyrinth in order to uh, get her sister back so yeah. it's a wonderful charming movie but not really good movie like a masterpiece you know it's 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 a it's a, just a fun crazy movie with a really bad actress <laughs> like mm-hmm. who cannot act really and uh so so they, they these 80s movies they have a lot of charm they are very entertaining they're like have a cult status even though they are not necessarily that good films or like in quality in a way or in acting or directing and stuff They're very serviceable stuff so I, I so i was thinking all throughout the film in monster calls i was just thinking all the time that this movie would have been so much better if it would have been made by the same like jim henson crew as mm. labyrinth and dark crystal and it would have the same puppets you know mm. instead of this digital cgi Mm. You actually do it with the puppetry, you know. Mm. Uh, you you combine like forced perspective, like what Spike Jones and uh, Michel Gondry da, do, like in yeah. uh, in their movies. Like especially Gondry, like he does a lot yeah. of like he knows how to do practical effects without too much CGI and stuff like this. So you do like forced perspective and then uh, trick shots. You know, like they, how they used to do in the old times, like this. Sounds really good. Yeah, like they used to do, like a Simbab movie or adventures where, <laughs> uh, where, where you have this huge stop motion cyclops yeah. running around on the beach with these real actors, you know. Yeah. And so you just yeah. combine like miniature trick shots of 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 uh, animation or or puppetry, and you just put the real actor in the right place. You know, and you combine the sauce, and you you can make like really cool, cool looking things. And ah, do you think that this boy, this um, Louis McDougal, could have been in such a puppet film and be okay? Yeah, it, it, it would have. It's if if it would have been made by Tim Henson crew, 
you know, or, or by Terry Killiam. You know, he also really likes to use, like, instead of using a CGI giant, like, like Steven Spielberg does in PFG, yeah. you know, Terry Gilliam would just shot like a huge fat man from a really <laughs> low angle, you yeah. know, and that's a giant, you know, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. I, I like, I love that, that creativity of, of how to approach uh, this kind mm. of imaginative filmmaking. So if, if it would have been made by this kind of crew and it would have have this kind of puppetry in, in first hand it would have made it much more fit in the reality because now you now it's a GGI it's it's the same problem with PFG that it's a digital it, it, yeah it's a problem there it, 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 yeah PFG it's it it was much better production so it looked much better and the actor was amazing mm of the giant and here it's just kind of a ggi monster but if it would be a, a real puppet it there would have been this real practical charm of, mm. of filmmaking and it would have and and then it would have also fit uh, uh really well into the 80s style where you don't need everybody to act perfect and it would just be this you know it would have and, uh, be more comfortable all the negative points you know yeah. in that, 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 that then they could leave some space there for thinking and imagination and not tell everything yeah yeah also that yeah you lose lose all of that exposition you know like just yeah. just let people think a little bit mm. and, and let the film tell its own story because don't tell you, you stories. Don't tell a story and then a meta story about it. You know? In fact, when person goes to watch a film, he's coming with his own story, so he has to get a feeling for his own story there. Yeah. And, yeah, and don't you can't feel it, so he can't get it. You know, in this, in the secret of the Beehive movie. It's uh, this little girl, she was seven years old, this Anna Torrent. So we see all, we see her, and we, it's nothing is explained. We just see her doing her stuff there, and then she meets this Frankenstein in the, on the river, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, and she makes them, nothing is explained. Yeah. We just see her, whatever she is. And it's a big monster, Frankenstein, and the whole life and everything. It's it's a perfect way of doing that. It's really... An, but the girl was so good, so good. Did, yeah. did she became a good actress after that? Was she yeah, she was in another film called Cria Cuervos, this um, Corpian. Rose. Mm. Kraus, not uh, Corp is not, it's this Raven. Ah, Raven, Kriya oh, okay. Kuervos, it's a famous film which, where she's uh, 10 years old. It was three, three years later and she's amazing again. And it's about Spanish, uh, I think. Everyone can think whatever they think because nothing is explained. But I think it's about Spanish uh, society, like <laughs> what was going on in this Franco time and their lives and things. Or whatever, it can be something else. But it's fascinating how some children can, or any child is good. I don't think there's a bad, a bad acting child in the world. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Mark Cousins have, have made a wonderful documentary about this. 
So he, he, what was the name of the of the documentary? Children through throughout movies or something. It's wow! It's really and it's all the Tiarastami and everything is there. But you know, there's a in this case when this monster calls with the monsters when they have a monster in the film and a child. So, so there came another one which is a very good film called The Night of the Hunter. It's from 1959 by Charles Lawton directing, and there was boy and a girl. In Finnish, it's called Rasunukke. Ragdoll. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's so weird. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a black and white film and very styled, styled. Like nowadays they would do that in animation for sure or something. But there, it's really frightening, really frightening. Yeah, and it's, then a, it's a thriller movie. It's it's supposed to be a thriller. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thriller. And, uh, but I remember and, it very well. I, I, I was, it was really good, and especially Robert Mitchum is really good at it. Yeah, Robert Mitchum, yeah, the bad guy. But the children are good in it too. Yeah, yeah. You know, the really good children. They are not uh, especially something famous now. I think they are dead already. But Billy Chapin and Sally Jane Bruce. They were the girl, little girl and the boy. They acted really well. Uh. Mm-hmm. They were normal. Yeah. normal. Even in that time. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So what happened? And now we are in 2016. <laughs> they made a film where the child was not normal. <laughs> Louis oh, McDonald. Connor. Connor O'Malley. <laughs> Connor O'Malley. Yeah. And, and for me, the if if I like, I think we are kind of getting to the la- last bits. Yeah. Few minutes still. I. I, I st- I still wanted to say, like last critic criticism was the. I, I I feel like the ending of the movie really is like the last nail in the coffin, yeah. like the last scene of the whole movie, and it That's it shows the unconfidence, the incompetence of the filmmaking of the storytelling that they didn't really understand what they were doing. Yeah. They have this wonderful basic story of this mm. psychological journey that the boy goes through. That's the whole point. Yeah. It's like a it's like a like a magical journey into mm. his own mind through this monster and through these fairy tales. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. all the fairy tales are situational. They're all related to his at that moment the current. Yeah. Like the first one was about uh, who really is the bad guy. Yeah, and and the point is we don't know yeah. how can every how can the bad guy be the good guy at the same yeah. time? So th- that's a good story, and it shows yeah. about how what the boy it, it it explains to the boy his relation to the grandmother. Yeah. And the next story is uh, destruction about uh, yeah in one part destruction. But uh, uh, in one part, like about um, the strength of belief, yeah, and how much you have to you have to be careful on what belief and to who do you trust your belief, yeah, because it's half of the way is is the hope and belief of it and stuff, and and then it's somehow also partly the wonderful feeling of destruction. And, yeah. and then, and then the last fairy tale, which I feel kind of hacky and kind of just filled in in a way, because it there's we didn't get a good 3D animation story. Any, uh, we only have two mm. times, but the last no. time 
He was attacking this bully guy with yeah. the tree with him. Yeah, but but we didn't get into this wonderful fairy tale land where no. we we hear first the story. The tree the tree comes and says. The last, the third tale is about a man who is invisible, and he didn't want to be invisible anymore. <laughs> and, and that's the story. Okay, well, but but the point is that it's about wanting to be seen again, and and how how can you be with uh, invisible while you are in the middle of everybody? But it's it it's, there's no real story. In it it's just the emotion that the boy. Yeah, but that's- that's the story of the Lent, you know, the carnival, where you are not anybody, you are in the group. And yeah. then you later become again somebody. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, but anyway, they work well enough. They are nice fairy tales and they, they, they work in the story. I don't have anything against them. Maybe it, maybe just the way the movie explains it, it doesn't work. But then the ending happens. Because this is that the, the psychological journey. The, the fairy tales are. My point is that the fairy tales are connected to the child's uh, journey. Yeah. Then we go. We come into the ending where the mother is died, has died, and uh, we we have learned that the mother also is an artist. Yeah. Just mm. like the boy. Oh, because it's a lot about art. Mm. And, and this ending kind of wants to tie in the whole art stuff. In yeah, the way. grandfather, we see him earlier on in the fo- photograph, this Liam Neeson, we see him as a grandfather in the film, in the photo. Ah, really? Yeah, at home, if you look at the photos, he's the wow. grandfather. Wow. So yeah. we come into the, the boy comes to his new room that the grandmother made. Because That's he has... a stupid story. <laughs> but now here is your room. <laughs> Uh, and and it's it's and and it's nice. Like okay, this is my room, and and he comes into, into this his table, and there is this uh, sketchbook from his mother. Yeah, it's his mother's sketchbook. So he opens it, and we have this stupid scene where we he goes through the pictures. Oh, how wonderful! And of course, what happens? We 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 start to see the same fairy tale paintings. Paintings yeah. that looked exactly like his fairy tales that he just now saw with his monster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and he, we start to think, oh, how is this possible? Mm-hmm. And, and then the, the final image is that the mother painted the monster. So, pom, pom, pom. And that's the ending. And it, the whole point is to make this little last question. Oh, was it really fantasy or was it real? Mm. And this this destroys everything in the whole movie. This is totally yeah. stupid, and yeah. in, and and in, in the first in the first way, I just explained how the, all the fairy tales are situational to the boys' journey. Yeah. So why did the mother make the same? Why did the monster tell the same fairy tales to the mother? Yeah. Did the mother go through the same thing? Mm-hmm. So the monster is all because I thought that the monster tells always different stories mm-hmm. because it's all about that specific psychological journey. So the fair, every fairy tale is relative, you know, and you tell different fairy tales because they have different mm-hmm. morals and stuff like this. So why does the is the monster now going everywhere telling the same story? But then it doesn't make any sense for the boy's journey. That yeah. because mm-hmm. then it doesn't relate to the boy, you know. Yeah. There's it, no connection. She was, she was drawing the her father like. 
No. The, the grandfather. Okay, so the so then the, then the grandfather is telling the stories, but the boy doesn't know that. Yeah. It's his boy's. Is it, it? The whole point is that it's his boy's subconscious. Yeah. It's psychological. Yeah. So why yeah. are we making this into reality? Mm. And then the final, somebody got an idea, a stupid idea. Yeah, and, the, and the final thing is that if if the if the monster is real, then why is the boy and the mother the only people who see this monster? Mm. Why haven't we heard about this monster before? Because yeah. it's, it it seems to be exactly the same. So it's like this genetic like the grandfather or something. So it's totally hacky and it's like a filler and it's all, and it all is Boyana, Boyana, the filmmaker saying, oh, I'm clever. I make this little final end thing that doesn't, doesn't fit anything into the movie. And uh, just to make you like, to make this final stupid question. Maybe it's from the book. I don't care, but the, 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 wow. the book is also stupid. I don't care, but this it doesn't yeah. fit into the story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have done this film, and you know, interesting for me was that now when I saw it today, do do this ago, I gave it one star because even with the wonderful drawings and animation, I can't think it's a good film. So one point, no use to watch. And the interesting was that I watched it first time in a year ago in the spring. And I gave it two stars then. Ah, really? <laughs> now I dropped it. You know, then I, you know, when the first time you see, you see more like surprised. But it doesn't stand more viewings. Yeah, kind of, for me, it was kind of, different that the first time I was kind of dissatisfied in many many ways but then um, now now when I saw it like the next time I kind of understood the 80s way and I kind of could could see it more more in, in that time era and then it's like more more serviceable. It's like okay, if you if you look at it this way, then it works. But because it's made very modern and stuff, uh, if it would have that eighties style filmmaking with the puppets and more practical effects, it would have made it much more charming and much more enjoyable for me. You know. Yeah. So so that's why kind of the second time, like I, I saw it, uh, the potential that it could have, and it was more serviceable, so it, it was kind of better. You know that point is that um, it was made in 2016, and that was the year Moonlight was made also. <laughs> they were made in the same year, the same scene of a boy rushing into the school restaurant. Uh-huh. Uh, so different, you no know, such a brilliance and such stupid. So, so uh, now we want to end how many points did you or stars did you um, so I gonna I kind of after these two two times of watching it I kind of come into the conclusion of giving it uh, six out of ten because a five is like an average it's the uh, middle ground you know uh-huh. it's like five is like an average that is is just not you don't even remember or you know yeah. it's just a dumb okay. movie you know who cares? So mm. it's it's slightly above because 
it, 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 you can look at it as an 80s dark fantasy movie. And it, has, it is brave enough to put forward this idea because that is the story itself is okay. And the, 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 the moment of a boy saying that he, he, he wants his mother to die is so brave and so something that we should maybe, it, that's a good message. You know, to be honest and to, to, to clear these taboos and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Disney movies are not brave enough to go, yet, you know, they tried it a lot in the, in the 80s and stuff, you know, but it wasn't good for them. So they're a little bit afraid of doing that kind of stuff that Monster Calls kind of is free to do. So I kind of get mm-hmm. into that. But it's so disappointing or this unsatisfying movie and there's so, so many bad things that I you cannot give it more. Mm-hmm. You know, to end it, we have to end now and say goodbye, but to end it in a light that now when I talk with you about this film, I felt like, you know, you look very much like um, Zizek sometimes. Me? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, you've been watching this Zizek documentary, the perverts guide to the cinema yeah so you've been looking at this guy and now you're looking at me and it's like the same. yeah you have this uh, no stuff and thing and yeah. then uh, the same and this uh, weird uh, weird what you call it weird ideas <laughs> things what ideas like oh no you were very uh i, I didn't well, hear what, what? not weird, weird what do you call it? i don't know english enough Ah. Well, not went flat, but you know, intelligent things about cinema, very, very Zizek like, very intelligent. Oh, okay. and, and, but, but in this uh, no sister, no sister, <laughs> no <laughs> we are the same from. No yeah, well, no okay, I, I've been listening to all this podcast, and I so far, I think uh, for about a year. All of our podcasts, I have my nose stuck. I think I have to do yeah. something about it. Uh, same as this, yeah. yeah. And then you, at the same time, you talk clever things about cinema. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we say goodbye. Yeah. And thank okay. everybody. Yeah. Yeah, see you, see you next time. See you, bye. Bye-bye. Before you go, I would like to remind you to check out our website mothersandmovies.com for more content for the episodes. And if you liked our show, please rate it on iTunes and share it with your friends. That would be really, really nice. And uh, finally, the original music for our team was made by Kevin MacLeod. Be sure to join us next time when we will do some long-awaited detective work. Thanks a lot and bye.